Welcome to Interpod, a podcast by Interpride where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. In honor of Lesbian Visibility Week, we speak to prominent lesbian identified voices who have made history and are continuing to empower and advance LGBTQIA rights around the world. Here's Marsha Levine, who's been a Pride organizing veteran since 1980, first serving on the Boston Lesbian Gay Pride Committee and then joining the San Francisco Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender Pride Parade and Celebration Committee. Marsha currently serves as one of our four Interpride Vice Presidents of Global Outreach and Partnership Management, as well as the co-president of USAP, United States Association of Prides. She has the distinction of being recognized as the founder of Interpride and a co-founder of CAPI, Consolidated Associations of Pride. Marsha Levine, she, her, hers. So many roles. Um, Founder of Interpride currently Vice President, Global Outreach and um, Partnership Management for Interpride, USAP, United States Association of Pride's co-president, and San Francisco Pride Community Relations Manager. My brother, sure, after my brother started working professionally in his field, he had a I think a conference up in the Massachusetts, Boston area where I was living at the time. And he um, came to meet me and we were connecting differently than we had when we were, were kids since we were now adults. And we got around to talking about relationships. He was curious to whether I had anyone in my life because I never talked about anyone. And I kept avoiding pronouns when I was talking about it. And my brother just kind of asked me outright if, um, if I was involved with women. So I came, came out to him and said, yes. And he wanted to know if my parents knew. And I said, no, that I was had been afraid to tell them I didn't want to alienate their affections, which is a pretty typical fear for people, or it, you know, was a very big fear back when I was coming out at the time. So after a few years of waiting for me to work up the the courage to tell my parents, he decided that now that I was living in San Francisco and I didn't have as much support network or family nearby that he was going to tell my parents that I was queer. (laughs) And um, to my surprise, one day I got a note from my mother telling me that she knew and that she loved me and it didn't change anything. And then the next day I got one from my father. They were separated at the time. And he told me pretty much the same thing. And of course I had a little panicky moment because I was like, Oh God, you know, how, 
how do they know this? And then my brother came clean and said, look, I just had to sit them down and tell them because I wanted them to know that they, that you needed their, their love and support. So that's, that's my sort of longish coming out story. <laughs> Tell us how you got involved with Pride. And you probably have told this story many times, but it's never too old to tell, especially you continue to be so involved in the Pride movement. I had been very politically active since high school, gotten involved in a lot of um, protest type things and around Vietnam, um, the bomb, um, war in general, um, uh, ecology, and I really poured myself into it so intensely from the time I was in high school until I was in college. And then I just kind of burned out on it all. So I took a little break from it. And when I realized a couple of years later that I missed the, the activity that I was going to try to jump back into the scene, but I didn't really know where I wanted to jump into. And then I realized that I should really step up and accept myself for who I am because I had a, had a difficult time really accepting that I was queer because of a lot of the stigma around it. So when I was perusing the local gay newspaper, I saw a notice for the Boston Lesbian Gay Pride Committee meeting, and I thought, oh, that sounds like a good place to start. So off I went to that meeting, and here I am. Wow, like 42 years later. Share with us one of your most proudest moments in the, the pride movement as a you know, queer person in our community, as a lesbian person in our community, and all the other identities that you identify with, a proud movement. It's, it's probably difficult to pick just one, but I think one moment is probably more reflective than, than something that actually happened. If I if I look backwards and realize that deciding, hey, I'm gonna create an organization of pride organizers so they can network and share information and help each other, you know, that, that was probably uh, a, a sort of dawning moment later on when I realized I just decided I was going to up and do something and I did it. And here it is. This is the 40th anniversary of the organization actually this year. Um, and it's still been 
going strong, going um, consistently and creating a movement in and of itself. Thank you so much for being an important part of our history. Let's look to the future. Our language has evolved as LGBTQIA plus people. And so I would love for you to share your thoughts on that evolution, you know, even for yourself, evolving as a person, but also being at the forefront of our movement, starting with the need for visibility. And, and maybe talk a little bit about the, the language evolution and kind of what that means to you, how it affects you and what you think of it going forward. You know, to to been able to see changes as I have seen um, over all these years, I'm not sure I could have ever imagined that we'd be at this point today as we as we are with our our struggle for equality, and it just never seemed really like a possibility back when I started, but it didn't stop us from making the effort or fighting for it. But those times back um, when I started in the early 80s, we were still seen as psychologically disturbed people who had to hide who we truly are. If you were lesbian, you were either um, butch or femme. There wasn't like a whole spectrum that that people generally labeled you as. Um, There was no widespread acceptance of bisexuals and transgender people within the lesbian gay community at the time that was also um something that has changed over the years now now we we have so many letters in the the community grouping that there's intersex and allies or asexual there's people who just want to identify as queer and not have it be um, a gender-based identity at all. Um, and it's, it's such a, a more, a, a larger, a, a larger community than, than it was back then. Um, I mean, I've even gone, I probably always knew that I was somewhat bisexual, but because I, started out mostly with an attraction to women and experimenting with women when I was very young and then continuing into early adulthood, I did identify as lesbian. And then later on, um, decided to see what it was like to be with with men or man. And um, then realized that I could enjoy both. And it didn't actually necessarily take away from me being a lesbian because my brain, my thinking 
and my desires didn't change. All I'd done was slept with somebody else and it didn't, didn't have to define me. So now I'm, I'm not a very labely person. If people want to identify as, as something that's great, they don't have to, if they just want to belong, that's enough for me. Just a couple more questions and uh, I'll let you go because I know you have a really busy day. <laughs> list a couple wish list items if you were to create a wish list of hope for us for our future. Hope would be, um, well, this is probably such a narrow one, but I really wish the Republicans would get off this kick of trying to roll back the um the progress we've made um for our community i wish they would just get over it and move on with the the majority of americans and somewhat the world in accepting our community um and not necessarily a wish for our community, but a wish for the for the world um, would be that we we really need to stop all the aggression that's out there um, and just adopt a way to peacefully coexist with each other. And our community can be part of that and spearhead it, especially if we learn to stop fighting among ourselves as well. What's the one thing someone in our community can do today to support, I guess, you know, the, our diversity and especially women uh, and or women who identify as lesbian, queer in our community? That there's kind of a segue to that, Michelle. It's, it's pretty widely visible, at least to people on the, the inside of, of Pride, um, that women in the Pride movement are, are few in number and are not often as highly regarded as, as the men in the pride movement. And I would say that the men have to um, have to learn to, to listen more to women instead of interrupting them or, or stopping them. Um, and I don't really mean that in a negative way. I mean it more in a, a spirit of this is what you can do to positively help raise them up so that we're all working together. And um, the, for, for anyone else who is looking to get involved or, or help, definitely volunteer. You learn so much by, by volunteering and not just some of the trades of the 
the event planning and logistic that goes along with it, but you learn about people. You, um, you hear stories that unite people. Sorry, hang on, Michelle. Alexa off. <laughs> Shall I go back and start that over again? Um, maybe just pick up on that, that last thought at the beginning of the sentence of that last thought. Right. Um, so, um, I think that young people should definitely, or, or anybody really should volunteer, get involved, um, you know, and especially it, if, if you use focus I'm familiar with, like pride, if you, you get, you learn more than about event production and logistics, you learn about people, you learn their stories, you learn um, what, what they've had to overcome. Maybe it's not something you've experienced and, and you get to see the, the many different ways that bring people together. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you for all that you have done and continue to do for our communities. And we are so grateful for your work in our visibility. Happy Lesbian Visibility Week. For more episodes, visit Interpride.org. There you can also find more information about the work of Interpride, such as our Solidarity Fund, and also the AGM, the annual general members meeting that is coming up this fall in Guadalajara. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. This is Interpod, a podcast by Interpride, where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community.